You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network as we move into the second half of season six of Nick Tuck, the final season. We are now into the point where we are into single digit numbers left of how many episodes we've got to cover of this show. It's incredible to think that when we started all those weeks and months ago that here we are in the final few weeks. We're here for Dan Daly, episode 11 of the sixth season, first aired on the 6th of January 2010. It was written by Ryan Murphy. I've heard of him. I reckon he'll go on to do some big things. And it was directed by Ella D. Keane, everybody's favourite person called Ella D. Uh, I want you to all name your favourite Elodies and send it in to us here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and I'm pregnant, shit dig. Nice job pulling out. <laughs> My name's Nick, and uh, go to hell, dickhead. Oh, Gina's back. Um, we are... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said this at the end of last week. I, I'm a fan of this episode. This is maybe the most positive I will be all of season six. Um, I just, I, this is the one I always remember from season six that we get the episode, we get the flashback, uh, of how these two meet. And I, and I, this is generally something that I like. Like I mentioned back in Julia McNamara, I like kind of those alternate universe episodes of how things could have played out. I'm also a fan of flash forward episodes, what will happen to these characters in the future. Hence why I like Connor McNamara 2026. And I also like episodes where you've got kind of your two iconic characters and how they met. One of my favourite episodes in Third Watch is when Bosco and Yokus meet each other, have a flashback of when they met. So I feel this is an episode that is a long time coming. I think it works well because you mentioned it last week, the two people we've got playing uh, Christian and Sean in the flashbacks, you believe are them. Same with the person who plays Julia. So I think kind of you've got a lot of foundations here that really make this an actual solid episode, which is a rarity in season six because we haven't really had this yet. Yeah, I think so. And it, um, it is one of those things that does seem to work really, really well. Um, we kind of just kind of get all the characters right. I think that the, the flashbacks that we get, they, they, they feel true to the character. Um, and yeah, I, I, as I've kind of said a lot on this, these podcasts is I like when we get a bit more backstory about who these guys are and where they've come from. So, you know, I'm going to love this stuff. Um, there's a few kind of nitpicks for me with this thing. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about last week around my concerns about Christian just becoming this irredeemable character, but we'll kind of get there when we get there. Um, I, I, generally, I think I'm going to be mostly on board with you that it is a pretty positive experience. Well, we start off basically with Sean smashing the crap out of a wall and smashing an award, and uh, we have no idea what's going on here uh, at all, but then we kind of start this again and we uh, see the excitement uh, going on with uh, Sean and Christian that uh, nobody they know is either dying or incarcerated and we find out that they're being honoured with the Albert Poland Award which is a prestigious award handed out by uh, their former university uh, and they mentioned about how you know how many Nobel Prize winners have come from this and it's ultimately the highest of high honours they can get as alumni of uh, what is it the University of Miami or whatever their uh, university is um, and it kind of leads into uh, them in a room sort of drinking and sharing stories and we get this flashback we find out how christian and sean meet we kind of get this blue tinge sort of tinted 
and we we see literally how they meet. Sean sitting at a table studying, and Christian basically saying that uh, you know we should move into each other. You know, you got to help me out a little bit. Um, and playing young Christian Andrew J West, playing young Sean Paul David Story. I don't say their names because they've gone on to be household names. I'm just saying their names because I think they nailed this so goddamn well. Particularly Christian, like Sean in the looks department, maybe not a hundred percent looks, but young Christian, he 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 uses. Uh, definitely some Julian McMahon and just the mannerisms I think really sells it like that was a problem with me in Solo I was a huge fan of Solo but the look of Han Solo to me didn't fit Harrison Ford and I don't think it was nailed in the mannerisms either here I think it is like you can look past young Sean maybe not looking completely like Dylan Walsh but just his speech patterns the way he talks you know the words he uses uh, so I just think it's great. And it kind of, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, I don't remember this being advertised as the flashback episode. So I just kind of think it's very clever the way you see it. Um, and just sort of the way Christian's there shoving a, a playboy in his face and saying, this is the future of medicine. And again, extremely accurate to season two when you found out how these two actually met. Uh, so yeah, I, huge fan of this. I love it. And just such props to the casting of these two here because this is, you believe that this is young Sean and young Christian. Yeah, I think so. Um, one of the things I just want to jump back to real quick is that um, we don't have any previously on in yeah. this episode, and we actually don't have one next time either. So I don't know if this is a just a coincidence that we get these two episodes together, or whether we're just now just going to drop the previously on uh, for the remainder. Because as we talked about last episode, this was kind of seen as the six B um, unofficially, so we're kind of into the second half of of the season so i don't know if that's a thing that we're doing now um but it's weirdly kind of effective because we just kind of come back and um you know sean's kind of hammering this wall and obviously that's a a flash forward from where we are in the rest of the episode and we're going to kind of um race into that as the episode goes and kind of catch up to that moment um which i think is really fun um but yeah kind of then kind of cutting forwards the stuff you're talking about i think it's really good i'd love to know if the guy playing christian if that's his actual voice because it feels like that's been overdubbed with Christian, you know, with, with Julian McMahon. It, it, it just feels way too close to his voice. Um, so I'd be interested to know if that's been all ADR'd and, and it's actually Julian McMahon who's doing that, those line readings. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're totally right with the mannerisms. I think it, it works well. I, I do like the kind of, as you say, the kind of blue tinged, uh, kind of black and white. I think that that's, that's really effective. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we've got some good solid setup here. And, and also I like the kind of flash forward we get at the start because, um, I think without that, you kind of this is a good episode. But I think what makes it a, a, a you know a great kind of setup is that you're like shit. Something's going to go wrong here. That's going to lead to this moment kind of playing out later on. So I think uh, you know props to the to the um, producers and the writers to kind of set it up in a way that you've got some intrigue going into this episode. So that's really cool. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, we meet our titular character of the episode, uh, Dan Daly here, who has an extremely rare condition uh, called is it Leshnaya? syndrome um and it's basically a self-destructing disease in which he self-mutilates himself and can't um speak properly without abusing people and love is hate and hate is love it's it's very fascinating and again just props to this guy who plays him uh wayne pear 
is his name, and my God, does he play this character well. Like, you believe that this guy has this condition. Like, there's, it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel forced in any point. I looked it up thinking, like, is this guy really got this condition? But, I mean, as far as what I can see, he doesn't. So, uh, but again, it's a very interesting character. I think one thing we're definitely getting from this season is, even though for the most part it's a fairly rubbish season, that we, we are getting some very interesting and unique titular characters that I think kind of by the end of this season, we're going to be, uh, you know, we've got a plenty of memorable ones to talk about. So, um, yeah, I, I do like, and I kind of like the flashback we see there with him and sort of how they discovered this, that he would just, like, bite his fingers off, essentially. Um, and, you know, he wants to grab this knife off the, the table, essentially, as well. Uh, and he wants his lips to be fixed because he's uh, essentially chewed his entire lips off. So, um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly, uh, harrowing, I think, sort of, uh, meeting this guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I do, I do like this character because it's interesting. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that um, it could have been, you know, the way he talks is obviously quite stilted and that would have actually been something that um, could have been quite distracting to the episode. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that this, this actor is really good because he, you kind of are drawn in by what he's saying rather than kind of annoyed by the by the cadence and the the kind of jumbled wording. It, it actually strangely works really well. So, yep, I think it's interesting. We, we've got some interesting characters here. We're not just doing the kind of standard plastic surgery. We kind of, it feels like we're starting to get back to kind of season one, two territory in terms of the patients. And that's very deliberate, I think, because we're trying to bring Sean back to kind of where we started with him and that he wants to use the skills for something more than just boob jobs. So, um, yeah, I think this is really kind of to build Sean's story um, as we kind of hit the home straight here. Uh, we get um, Sean obviously saying how his heart's broken about this and, uh, yeah, but Sean, uh, Christian kind of doesn't care about it anymore and sort of Sean comments about, do you not have any ideals anymore? We get some random woman passing a note. Uh, I don't, I can't remember who's passing it to there. I was like, who is she? But essentially we find out they're building a new recovery suite. It's going to be Delamere all over again. Um, but they're redesigning it with marble, uh, $1,500 per tile. And apparently they're on Rodeo Drive. It's, I thought they were at Malibu. I don't know. Like, I don't know my geography of Los Angeles, but, um, I can't remember if they've ever mentioned they're on Rodeo Drive before. But um, we meet this random interior designer woman. We also meet Kimber. We find out that they've gotten married, um, which, I mean, again, kind of it does feel like this almost is a season premiere, just the way they're kind of dropping a lot of these things on us. And it's it's not one of these ones that I feel you get angry that you haven't seen them getting married. I kind of feel like it works with them getting married off screen because we sort of saw the elaborate lead up to them trying to get married in season three. So you kind of understand this in, in some aspects. Um, I'm kind of going to be with you because I feel like you're going to complain about this because it is kind of random that all of a sudden this woman is pregnant. Um, so it's kind of like, what? Like, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, I mean, it doesn't bother me in the aspect that Christian's sort of cheating on Kim because, I mean, that's just Kim. Christian, that to me is always going to be who he is. But it's just, it's just the fact that all of a sudden she's pregnant too. Like, everyone's getting engaged or pregnant in this season. I mean, God, how many other brothers and sisters we need to shop in this season? It's just they're throwing it all at us. But uh, that's one thing I don't like about this episode, this random woman saying that she's pregnant. And also, Kimber magically has become an interior designer as well. She's given up the laser treatment and she gets her qualifications pretty quickly. 
Yeah, I mean, that's probably the part of the episode that I like the least is the stuff around, like, Kimber suddenly then swung back to being this kind of, like, <laughs> you, you know, this, um, I, I don't know what you'd call it, but, you know, this kind of um, rich wife who's kind of just comes in demanding. She's even wearing a fur coat, which just feels really on the nose, like, just to make it obvious that, you know, she's going to be the wife of the of the doctor that, you know, thinks she's better than everybody else. So that kind of annoys me. Um, I, 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 in terms of the the interior designer, I, I don't actually hate that setup. I think that that's um, that's interesting. But to me, I think this kind of builds on my thing about Christian's just it, he's a bit irredeemable. Like he's finally got Kimber, and you know we expect him to kind of be shagging other women, but you know literally her back back's turned and he's turned around, kind of groping her, and then we find out that he's got her pregnant. It just feels like. Oh, just too much, you know. It just feels like we, are, I, I feel like we just need to um, kind of pace out our um, horrible things that Christian's doing. It feels like it's just one on top of another on top of another, and I just need a little bit of space and breathing time in between each of them, you know. Just way too many in one hit. Um, yeah, so it just feels like I'm not sure we needed that. Like, you know, was there a reason to like? Could she have not just said, "Oh well," and, and no, just as well, I didn't tell her that you know you you were having sex with me last night. Like we've actually got to go to the point where she's pregnant, and it doesn't feel like that's an important part of the story. So why do we need to go to that level? I, I, yeah, it just feels strange to me. I just ultimately think it's just it's it's leading little things chipping away at Sean's feelings towards Christian, and I think it's also leading to what we're going to get with Sean and Kimber in the coming weeks as well. I think kind of it's. It's it's ultimately Sean just getting fed up with Christian, um, and kind of as we're going to see in this episode, you know, because I I really think on the grand scheme of things, when we get Sean sort of saying like you're unbelievable, you know, never have I been so whatever to be against you, like I think Christian's done some far worse things in this pairing than he does in this episode, but I just think it ultimately is built up to the point where Sean is just so fed up with it. So I think kind of it's it's just a minor little thing they need to get. Sean seeing this, if that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose so. It just feels like a step too far, really. But um, yeah, I, I I do understand it from that perspective, I suppose. But uh, yeah, just fe- <laughs> just feels a little bit too much. We get some great editing and great music here. Queen, don't stop me now. Love that song, love yeah. Queen. So great editing here. Again, great music this season. We've generally had. Uh, and Christian wants Sean to do a vasectomy on him. Um, so uh, kind of we do get some play there from Sean. You know. Why do you need this done and everything along those lines when Kimber obviously doesn't, can't have children anymore. So yeah, it's just kind of again tapping away at Sean's feelings towards Christian. But, uh, then we have, uh, Dan getting his, uh, bandages removed. He, his, uh, lips are completely fixed, but, um, he grabs a pen and essentially stabs Sean. Um, <laughs> which leads us to a, another flashback of, uh, Christian getting uh, stitches from Sean that he was screwing uh, a teacher's wife or something like that and that he needs to borrow notes off Sean and he will introduce him to Julia. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great sort of flashback there. And again, this guy just nailing Christian, just his mannerisms and, you know, that little line he says like, you know, oh, um, why did you have sex with his wife or something like that? Oh, because he wasn't home or something like that. <laughs> um, so, you know, just little things like that. Uh, and I might actually just kind of lump in here, um, Christian and Christian getting his vasectomy to which Sean lies to Kimber about having genital warts, uh, essentially. <laughs> and Kimber confronts Sean about him having an affair and Sean says, nope, he's not having an affair. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few scenes there to digest, but I kind of think they're little ones enough that we can kind of lump them all together. 
yeah, I think we're just kind of building the story that, you know, um, Sean's always kind of been there for Christian and, and, um, you know, like, I guess it's just kind of like, where would, uh, I almost wonder, like, this could have been a cool spot to do, like, an alternative reality one, kind of like that Julia McNamara episode where, you know, like, we almost do the sliding doors of where Chris, uh, Sean doesn't meet Christian and he goes off to Harvard or wherever he gets offered in this episode and, um, you know, like, who he becomes without Christian. Like, that could have been quite an interesting way to take this as well. So, yeah, I just quite like that, that, you know, like, we, we've seen how, Sean has been shaped by, you know, being around Christian and dealing with him all this time and, you know, potentially it could have turned him into another Christian, but he's actually ended up basically kind of going the other way, you know, that he's, it's made him a more moral person. At least that's the kind of way he's seen it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Christian and Sean are on a plane. We know, I think the last time we saw this, it was all about Sean asking Christian how many times yeah. he made Julia come or something like that. Um, so, you know, kind of again, connecting back to, to our Rosenberg episode, sort of, cause that was that episode. Um, and obviously Sean's getting quite hammered here and he's not happy with, uh, Christian that he had to be put in an uncomfortable position. We meet some lady who's selling Nicaraguan chocolate or something like that <laughs> christian wants uh ice for his balls which is kind of funny uh and this leads to sean about to have a uh an encounter in the bathroom joining the mile high club and i just love christian's attitude he's just like don't do it and sean's just like oh screw you i'm gonna do it anyway and it leads to poor old sean getting uh sort of mid-air arrested by a u.s marshal for uh disobeying a flight attendant's uh instructions uh, which, I mean, I, I do, I do like this kind of scene. It's, it's fun. I mean, you know, I don't want to say it's top five worthy because, I mean, who knows? Maybe it is. It's season six. Who gives a fuck? But like, I, I honestly, I would backtrack and say that meeting, that flashback meeting scene with Christian and Sean is almost top five worthy. Even you could always just edit all the flashbacks together as a top five scene, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, I do enjoy this stuff on the plane. I think it's, it's clever. Yeah, it's um, it, it kind of serves little to no point, but you know, like it is, it is still really fun. Like it, it's just one of those scenes that is just enjoyable to watch and puts a bit of a smile on your face, and that's sometimes all you need. Um, I'll just say Christian's got like an, an amazing shirt on here. We always like to to look at uh, Christian's fashion choices, and it's a only Christian could pull off a like a, a pink paisley shirt like that and and look awesome. So, uh, good work there, Christian. And uh, you know, you're right, and it's just like I think like. Um, you know, cards on the table. I've never tried to uh, even even uh, consider joining the Mile High Club, but um, if I did, you, you think you'd want to be quiet about what you're doing? It seems like a, a bit of an odd choice to make a lot of noise while you're in there. I don't know. It seems, seems like a bit of a dumb thing to do, but yeah, I do love this. It's um, the whole thing of him getting arrested and you know the, the kind of air marshals and yeah, it, it is it is really funny. I do like it. I'm not going to lie and say that I would love to join the Mile High Club. I think it would be an awesome thing to admit. But every time I go to a bathroom on a plane, I have no clue how the fuck it's possible so um, <laughs> yeah it's like, uh yeah it, it it props to those who have done it uh can i just say you are probably a lot thinner than i am but uh and also i i've seen snakes in a plane so i'm scared that something's going to jump out and bite me. <laughs> um so they land we're in miami everybody yay it's we're back can't you tell the difference in setting and location no neither can i um, but I do like, uh, sort of Sean, just, you know, shut up, just shut up. Um, and then the line that, um, Christian then says is like, you know, you can't play like Tiger Woods without practice, which I think is kind of funny because I'm pretty sure at this point, Tiger Woods hadn't been caught out for everything that happened. 
So you can kind of take that both ways now, that comment. Um, you know, not necessarily about golf, but his exploits with the ladies. So I kind of think that that's a, that's an interesting little line. Um, they're at a very fancy reception where, um, Christian goes off and does his own thing. Sean wants a coffee and we meet Curtis, uh, who we find out was a classmate, uh, back in the day. And, uh, we kind of find out about his, uh, exploits, saving lives in Angola and Pakistan. And they're both showing off their kids. And I do kind of like, uh, the bit there when, you know, Sean's showing off his and then, uh, Curtis is showing off his. Oh, she's a rebel. I'm like, Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. She went to, she went to Yale instead of Harvard. <laughs> um, so just, I like this guy, um, George Newburn, who, I used to watch a show called Providence, and I remember he was in that, but he's been in lots of things. He's one of these guys who, if you look at his IMDb, I'm sure you've seen him in something, but just a note, kind of when we were talking about a few episodes ago about the random brother that shows up for Sean, don't get us started on that, and then we mentioned that we've kind of got this, you know, recurring character of a friend who sort of, you know, is making Sean rethink his life and everything. Like, this is this guy, so Curtis is going to be recurring for a couple of episodes at least. And I feel that, like, the brother was wasted. This could have been this instead. Like, this is kind of what they do with his character. But uh, we also get another flashback here where essentially Sean and uh, young Curtis, who doesn't look or sound anything like this new Curtis, um, so that's one bit of casting they got wrong, finds out that they've been offered uh, Harvard, which... If this is college, why are they looking at other colleges? I don't know if I understand that. Because, yeah, that's one thing which I'm questioning a little bit. Um, and we find out that, uh, obviously, Sean had that potential to go to Harvard. And Christian, ultimately, we're going to see why he uh, kept him there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the setup here for Curtis and another flashback. It's good stuff. Yeah, I think so. It's, and like you say, it is just kind of like a setup episode to, to kind of explain where we kind of get to in this, in this. But yeah, I think it is really good. I, I, I think they're kind of doing a really good job of cutting between the kind of past and present scenes well. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's all nicely done. And yeah, I like, we kind of get this, um, this kind of key character, although not a major kind of character. It's the kind of catalyst for, for Sean to decide what he wants to do going forward. So, um, yeah, an, an important moment in the show, I suppose, um, in the season in, in terms of kind of bringing us home um, with the series. And we then get them going into their old dorm room, which kind of brings some fun stuff here. And, uh, you know, his, Christian's paid off some co-eds to get in this room. And we see on his bed, he's got a little uh, tally of how many girls he slept. And uh, we find out that he's had sex with 209 people in college alone. Jesus Christ. Um, but can I just... One thing I really wish we had have done is that we should have, at the very beginning of this show, kept a tally of how many women Christian has sex with on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we could have, like, at least had some form of tally. Like, I know there's a website dedicated to how many people Jack Bauer kills on 24. I doubt very much there is a, a website dedicated to Christian Troy's uh, sexual conquest. If there is, please, somebody uh, find out for us. But uh, maybe that's going to be my next thing. Next time I watch Nip Tuck, I'm going to keep a tally of how many uh, girls that he does have sex with. Um, and then uh, it comes back later on and uh, Christian is in the dorm room with Winona and Ryder, which is kind of funny, um, <laughs> and very attractive girls. And Sean gets shitty because uh, he doesn't want to join in with Christian hanging out with these two 18-year-old girls in their bras. Um, and another flashback comes through where we see essentially Sean being accused of uh, cheating because Christian handed in the same term paper as um as each other so uh 
yeah, uh, obviously this is kind of going into the doubts of Sean and essentially, you know, rethinking his relationship with Christian and all the flashbacks to what could have been with him, as you've obviously mentioned a few times. Yeah, um, Sean managing to pull off a brown suit pretty well here too, which is quite <laughs> impressive. Um, but yeah, I think that the Winona Ryder, that, that feels like a dated reference then, let alone now. It's like, a, yeah, it's terrible. And yeah, then we kind of get this whole thing of kind of, yeah, um, basically Christian's copied his his essay or his exam or whatever, the final papers. Um, yeah, and so, you know, that's, um, you know, this feels like a real moment here where, you know, this has kind of changed Sean's whole life, really. Um, and, you know, this again, I'm kind of going back to Christian becoming almost irredeemable that, you know, he basically costs Sean a really good opportunity here. And, yeah, obviously this isn't something that's happening. You know, it's ha- we're only finding out about it now. And I kind of think that this is it feels like a really important piece of information that could have been quite important to give us earlier on. You know, like I think it'd be interesting to know when they decided to, and you know, I, I already know the answer to this is that this is not something that they had thought about earlier than this. Um, you know, they've only thought about it now, which is why we're only hearing about it now, but it kind of feels like that would, if that was true, it's something that would have kind of had a big impact on the show for a while, you know, because Christian is ultimately responsible for Sean missing out on a massive opportunity. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's, it is something that, yeah, I think you can put in that brother basket of like, why are we only finding about this now? So I agree with that. But I think it is important to note that again, that Ryan Murphy wrote this episode. So kind of Ryan Murphy was in control of this. So, you know, he was the one who can kind of go back with the backstory with these two, which I think is kind of important. And I'm glad that he is the one that's kind of handled this. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about how their meeting stays pretty true to what we heard about in season two. So I think that, you know, with that exception aside, I think, you know, the fact that we do have the show creator handling their backstory like this to keep it canon, I think is, is also very, it's a very good thing. Cause this, this could have been fucking completely different. Who knows what happened if that person who wrote the freaking brother episode had been involved here. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so, you know, like I say, it's just, it's one of those things that they've obviously decided in season six to make this a story point, and it's never been something they'd considered before, um, which is a shame, because I think if this had been a bit more organic, then it would have been something that had would have influenced Sean and the way he is for quite a long time. Yeah, no, completely uh, agree. Then we've got the... Um the award, uh, basically being handed here to Sean and Christian, um, which one thing I say is kind of interesting is, I mean, spoiler alert, it's not really spoiler alert, we're about to find out in this scene that, uh, essentially Christian has kind of bought this award for them by putting a donation. But if you actually hear the introduction, um, you kind of think that, do they not deserve this award anyway? Because they do kind of start off with saying they pioneered the first facial transplant. Like, I mean, that alone is deserving of some pretty darn good plaudits, if you ask me. Um, so, you know, it's kind of not exactly all doom and gloom there for them. But uh, obviously Christian gets this award and kind of takes over and Sean obviously sits down feeling a bit glum. But then we get basically this whole speech by Christian essentially is just talking Sean up. So, I mean, that kind of you get that, that look on Sean's face, that kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, he's a bit embarrassed that he's being put on the spot there. But obviously he feels quite humble about it because then you get a great flashback where, you know, and I think this is what makes this episode so good is that, yeah, for the most part, this is kind of driving a wedge between these two but I do kind of like the interplay that they have that even though Christian has these irredeeming qualities that he still is loyal to Sean and that, you know, he is here taking over the limelight, but he's doing it to talk Sean up and that even though, yes, he has cheated on this test, which has gotten Sean into trouble, he has gone through with his word and here is the introduction of Julia. 
Um, and we do see this in a flashback. We do meet young Julie, who again, great casting, looks like Jolly Richardson, kind of acts like her. I mean, maybe she moans better than Jolly Richardson. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, a, it's a nice little meeting there. Um, so yeah, that's really nice. But then it ultimately leads to Sean and Christian doing the room, meeting everyone, getting the photos, and we meet this guy who is putting on the cover of the alumni magazine, but, uh, Ultimately, he drops the bombshell that uh, Christian donated money and um, Christian sort of defends this by saying, look, you know, this is going to guarantee us another 20 years in the business. It's kind of one of these things which, like, yeah, Christian's been a bit of a douche by keeping this secret, but you also do see that Christian, again, is maybe doing it the wrong way, but he's also trying to do it for the right reasons. Um, so, and this leads to them storming out and it kind of one of these good little interplay scenes where we have sort of the flashback mixed with the present and kind of, you know, seeing Sean going off at Christian in the past and in the present. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, I, I do kind of like this, this whole situation and build up and how they play between the past and the present. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'm trying to find the right moment to look at a potential top five scene here and this might be it because the whole the whole um episode's really good but there isn't kind of that one big moment that stands out in it and maybe this is it i guess is that you know the kind of flash back and forth between this real pivotal moment between them both now and then um so i think it is really good um i, I guess i just don't understand why christian's spending this money i you know it's not particularly clear you know he's obviously in, in financial well, he was a couple of episodes ago in some kind of financial trouble, and he's spending two hundred thousand dollars to basically buy this award, mm. and they're going to get that money back. Like it just that doesn't feel like a like. Are they going to get so much business from this that you know they seem to be doing pretty well anyway? Like I, I, I don't know. I just the logic kind of loses me a little bit. Um, I you know I like the story. Don't get me wrong, but it just feels like. I just wish we'd done this a couple of episodes ago when there was some financial trouble going on and maybe you look at this as an investment when we're in a bad space or whatever, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, no problems with it. I think it is really good, but it, it, I am just a little bit confused by that part of it. But, um, yeah, I, th I think this is um, all really good stuff. Yeah, I do like the Julia scenes, funnily enough. I think they are they are good. Um, they've done such a good job with, you know, just making sure that they get the dialogue right and the mannerisms right. And, yes, a lot of credit where it's where it's due there. It, it, it's really, really good. And, yeah, it's just a, yeah another Christian asshole moment that he's basically you know bought the, their way into this award and yeah it just again I just I, I'm just at that point now where I just don't think I can get on side with Christian anymore and it, 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 I'm just finding it very hard and it, it reminds me a little bit of kind of Breaking Bad when you get to that point with Walt where you just you know you go from kind of you know liking this guy despite everything he does to the point where he's just unforgivable and I think we're kind of for me we're at that point now with Christian where he's just unforgivable I'm just I'm not interested really in, in Christian anymore because he just <laughs> and it only gets worse in the next episode so yeah that's my struggle with it but um, I would agree with you that you know all the scenes are really good I think they're well acted and, and, and well delivered there's nothing wrong with fat Christian um, so anyway we'll get, get to next week soon uh, it closes out we kind of get back to the scene that we had at the beginning with Sean smashing up the marbles smashing up the trophy um, and 
yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting scene that we kind of get the conclusion of it. We get all the glass being swept away and then we see poor old, um, Dan Daly, uh, cutting his face off with a glass because they've got a terrible janitor in McNamara. Of course they do. Um, they've got a terrible reception. Of course the janitors suck as well. Um, and we then kind of close off the, uh, the episode, you know, where they, we find out that, there's just sutures, you know, um, essentially because he's going to do it again. Uh, and then, you know, kind of that line where it says like, oh, you're just going to give up. And then you get the line of, oh, there's a big difference between giving up and accepting who you are. And we kind of get a nice little stare off between these two, which I, I kind of like. I mean, it's a little bit cheesy, but I think at the same time it works again because, you know, I mean, this is a, a real setup episode. I think kind of we're finally getting that. And maybe this is where you do really hope wish that they had have done these as two separate seasons because you could have just completely passed off season six as just crap and then moved into season seven where they're at least attempting to sit, set something up to end this show rather than, well, what the fuck have we sat through half a season for for nothing to ultimately get to what we're getting to here? So, yeah, I, I actually do like the way they close this off. Yeah, I think so. I do wonder if maybe the right decision, though, was to um, have this guy kill himself because they talk about life expectancy of these guys as 45 and he's reached 46. And, um, you know, like without too much of a spoiler alert, there's a lot of discussion about suicide in the next few episodes. And it, it feels like it would have thematically fit with what else is going on on the show around this time. So maybe that was a missed opportunity, but it, it's not a major problem for me. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I do really like it. Um, and I like that we kind of get back to him at the end of this episode, you know, so I think we kind of close out on that same character, which is nice. Um, yeah, I think it's um, these kind of final scenes, and I, I do like how we kind of loop back and, and see that that first scene again. Um, and, you know, it all kind of makes sense, and, and it feels earned again at the end, which is which is really nice. I think we've seen some stuff that we haven't seen on the show for a while, and we've kind of almost taken for granted that we won't get it again. And so when we are getting it, you know, I'm kind of stoked about that. It's cool. Well, that leads us into something interesting here, Nick. We've got to uh, rate this episode, and uh, I, yeah, I, I have not bought an episode this season at all. I haven't bought an episode since twenty first episode of season five. But I'm going to finally come through with the Green Boy this week. Uh, I'm actually going to buy this episode. So miracles happen. Season six, something is getting bought. But uh, yeah, I just the flashbacks alone sell it for me, and I think kind of everything around it just works and again it just it sets some stuff up which again might not be brilliant but at least we're finally getting something with that so yeah i am buying dan daly for the first time in a long time i've got green on my list in front of me so that makes me slightly happy well that's good and you know i think it's quite interesting um kind of before i rate it is that um, you'll be able to tell me because you'll have the uh, the actual timestamp in front of you. But it feels like we've gone through this episode really quickly, which, you know, for a good episode is unusual. Like normally, you know, if we get a really good episode, we like to go through these scenes and talk about them. And I think this is one of those weird episodes where it's actually a good episode, but not because of any one scene. Mm-hmm. Like it's just an ongoing story that works really well. And they all kind of just intercut quite nice and quickly and yeah things just work really well in an unexpected way without anything kind of standing out in a massive way and um you know like as i've said i think i've got some problems with this episode but i think i would be pretty petty if i didn't buy it because i think that the stuff in it that's good is is actually really good it's kind of standout stuff and um you know it's a fun episode we we kind of get some cool backstory that explains these guys relationship a whole lot more and um you know one of the big problems that i've 
keep coming back to with this season is that there's no storyline and now we are actually starting to get the beginnings of the end game for me basically I think you know this is the episode that starts the the final story the final run of episodes really starts here and you know so I can't complain that we don't have a storyline now I think we do have it and uh, you know I think we're probably going to go off track quite a bit in the next few episodes but we ultimately have a storyline which is good so um you know there is a storyline there's some good acting um you know it's not one of those ones that i'm absolutely flawed by you know it's it's a season six buy <laughs> um so it is a buy but it, it, it'll be one of the lower ones for me but um yeah there's there's enough in it for me to be satisfied that i've got a good episode here first time since the 19th episode of the fifth season we've both bought the episode and funnily enough that was episode manny scarrett and on my overall rankings list here i have this episode at 43rd one spot ahead of manny scarrett so uh there you go it seems like we've got a couple of things fitting into place there next week willow banks um christian gets fat and there's a model who wants to shave her head essentially and drive a car into a wall so um yeah i mean (laughs) did i summarize that pretty well and um christian and oh sorry sean and kimber start having sex as well yeah well it's been a while since kimber's you know moved on to somebody else in the mcmara troy family so you know (laughs) um yeah matt's still not available apparently i don't know but uh yeah um, that's next week. Like us on Facebook, follow us on our Twitter, subscribe all the channels. And yeah, you're right. You said before about the timestamp. This is a 35 minute episode. It's quick. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, I shoot a lot of our uh, episodes this season would be quick because we'd just be like, oh, I don't want to talk about this crap. Move on. But, uh, yeah, no, we've done all right today. But, uh, do all the usuals like, follow, subscribe, as I just mentioned before. But until next week, my name is Ben. And can I get some ice for my balls? My name's Nick, and uh, you look cheap, you are cheap. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.